Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And we enter now week three, Logan, of the offensive coordinator search. And somehow it is growing as opposed to being narrowed down. Eric Bieniemy is going to get an interview. Uh, we'll see when, or they've been one's been requested. Same for Anthony Lynn, uh, most recently assistant head coach with the 49ers, who obviously now his season is over for Bieniemy. Uh, he is allowed to interview in this time for Lynn. between for Lynn, uh, right? Oh, uh, well, season's over. For, yeah, yeah, season's, season's over, over for Lynn. For Lynn. Yep. And then Bieniemy is allowed to interview in this time between the championship games and the Super Bowl uh, for him as Kansas City is off to face Philadelphia. Also, uh, Kellen Moore is now available. Somewhat of a surprise there. The Cowboys move on from him. So is that someone that Washington should consider hiring? Is it someone they should at least consider for an interview? Little little gamesmanship, perhaps. Hey, how does, how does Mike McCarthy think about offense? Uh, that's, that's a question we'll ask later in the podcast, but let's start, uh, Logan with just this process in general for Ron Rivera. It has taken a lot longer than I think some people expected. Uh, I think a lot of us expected it to be over relatively quickly. Um, but it also is pretty in line with the rest of the league. The rest of the league seems to be waiting as well. And there's a couple of reasons why, you know, Sean Payton on the head coaching front, is he going to do anything? That OC job in LA to go get and uh, get to coach Justin Herbert is one that a lot of the top candidates perhaps are waiting on. But for Washington, it seems like they're waiting on someone who is not available to them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm curious why that is like, obviously there's candidates that have to play out playoff games, but does that say anything about the candidates they've interviewed so far, um, that they would be settling for someone or they, does Ron just have the luxury because of who he's looking at to kind of wait it out and make everyone wait with him? Yeah. I mean, it's been a really interesting process because initially like kind of all signs, at least in my opinion, were pointing to this idea that, you know, he was going to hire somebody that he knew that he felt familiar with that was kind of running a, a similar version of what they were doing the year before. And I think that made a lot of sense because, you know, you kind of have a, we've, we've talked about the ownership and how there's this year parameter. We've talked about Sam Howell and how that's probably beneficial for him and his growth. It's probably beneficial for everybody in the offense, right? If it's, if it's closer rather than further away, um, from what they were doing last year. However, in like a recent interview with Julie Donaldson, he kind of mentioned that he's looking for something a little bit different, right? And so we were kind of all looking at these candidates from this lens in the sense saying, oh, you know, he's looking for 
basically a retread of Scott Turner with more experience. And that's why everyone was kind of saying Shermer. Right. A better or, version of Turner. Right. Shermer or Zampezi felt like the guy because that's what they were, right? They had experience. They've called plays before. They've been around a long time. And no one was really inspired by that hire. And I think the length of this interview process, I think, kind of probably speaks to the fact that he is looking for something a little bit different than what everybody thought. And I think that it's probably a good thing, you know, from a, from a football high concept standpoint. But I also think that it's going to be tough to like learn a new offense for a lot of these guys. So while there are some benefits to it, there are also are some negatives and like within any decision, like just like going with a retread type type guy or a guy who's very similar to Scott has its own disadvantages because you're in kind of the same offense um, but it'll be really interesting to see what they finally do here. And it, it does feel like they're waiting for somebody in the playoff picture, right? They're waiting to get access to somebody. And maybe that's just to kind of flush out their final evaluation. You mentioned the enemy. And I think, you know, his, you know, Andy Reed's relationship to Ron is extremely well documented. So if Andy Reed kind of says, Hey, the enemy's your guy, I'm sure Ron would, would take that, you know, in, in the same way that like, if, you know, one of my old mentors was like, Hey man, like, this is what you should do. I'd probably be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really take a good look at that. So I think he's probably, that feels like what they're doing right now. Um, I don't have any information on that at all, but that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they're waiting to kind of get the enemy to interview. And then I don't know who else they would have to interview after that, quite frankly, um, before they make a decision. Yeah. You're starting to run out of guys, um, unless there's someone on Philly staff, which it seems like all the Philly folks are the ones that are up for the top top jobs right. if you will um they're younger guys maybe looking for a little bit more stability Steichen's obviously looking their OC is looking at head coaching jobs uh their quarterbacks coach is said to be in the mix for a couple of OC jobs um not including here so it certainly would be from the Kansas City side of things and I don't know it's interesting because you talk about the benefits of of the same offense whatever like all offenses work on paper so right. you know, it's a matter of how it's called and how it's taught. Um, and perhaps sometimes not even in that order. Um, how it's taught, like how uh, well your players are prepared to execute is really, really essential um, down in, down out. And then obviously you need to be able to, to sequence it well in the games to maximize it. So it's not like you need to switch offenses because the offense that existed here was a quote-unquote good offense it just wasn't taught very well and it wasn't maximized by the sequencing and the play calling um that said I think it's pretty easy to fight back against the continuity argument because continuing what like yeah. they've, they've been 25th 26th 27th like in that range of offense every year Scott Turner was here so maybe it's not a great fit for the pieces that are here maybe there are some things that need to be changed and so it kind of gets to like what is the best version like I know you're obviously not interviewing candidates, so it's you know say, asking you like who would you hire is not really a fair question. But from that profile standpoint, in terms of an actual offense and then the characteristics of the person that you want, like what is it that you would be looking for if you're Rivera? Not not what you think he's looking for, but what you right. would be looking for. Well, I think what I would be looking for is someone from one of these trees, you know, one of these uh, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak trees. And they've got a couple guys that have interviewed from those from those point of views. And I also think like this Biennemi hire is really interesting to me. Like um, Biennemi was a coach when I was at UCLA. So he coached me. He coached the running backs when I was there. And he is a guy who. Uh, in my experience, he's a very aggressive communicator, but he finds a way to kind of teach and motivate and his standard is extraordinarily high. 
And so I don't think there's any, it, it, it's not like, you know, a random thing that he goes, you know, at UCLA, he's got Maurice Jones-Drew, who's an excellent football player, but almost wins the Heisman that year. Then he goes to Minnesota with Adrian Peterson, and Adrian Peterson breaks kind of all of his personal records under Eric Bieniemy's tutelage. Like, he is a guy who has a, a, a absolute standard and is going to let you know about that standard. And, you know, that's one of the criticisms of the previous staff was that how well were they being coached? You know, they didn't always know. And at least in my experience, and this was 15 years ago, like that was the guy that he was. And, you know, you hear guys about Kansas City, how he's, um, you know, that's kind of how he, it seems like he's maintained that kind of posture. So if you want someone who's going to be kind of dynamic and aggressive, I think that's interesting. So I think the reason I bring that up is because I want someone who's an excellent teacher. And I think you you hit something very interesting there. Like, is it the play calling sequence or is it how you teach it? Because when you watch Kansas City's offense, like I went, went back before this last playoff game and watched some of their games, it's not like they're doing anything magical. It's like the guys just know what to do. They know what the concept is designed to do. And they run their routes according. Like Travis Kelsey, like – I've talked about this before, but it just blows my mind that more teams don't do this. So on scissors, right? So you're running a – the tight end's running a corner. The outside receiver's running a post. Mm-hmm. Every single team runs that concept. It is good versus cover three. It's okay versus cover two. Um, it's probably dead versus quarters because there's two dudes standing right there. But it can be good versus quarters. So I remember in the preseason game, we're running – they're running scissors. We the, – the commanders have it covered. They've matched it correctly. And on the corner, Travis Kelsey just runs a sit. And he's in this huge void. And again, that's something that they have built in that offense. And so um, it's, it is interesting. Like, do they teach that? Or is that just players being players? Is that Kelsey and Mahomes having great chemistry? Because a big portion of their offense is, is the feel of Patrick Mahomes and the feel of these guys in the room. But again, like, so teaching, executing, all those things are a super high priority for me. So again, my, I'm partial to the tree that I'm from. So you know, uh, Studesville is a guy that I think is very interesting. Um, London is a guy that I think is very interesting. The tight end coach from LA is interesting. But again, the parameter of that one year would probably make me lean to, to Studesville. And then I think the enemy hire is interesting because of this kind of the, the pedigree that he brings and the standard that he brings. And it'll be interesting to see if he could do it outside of the halo of Andy Reid. But I do think that's interesting. So I, I, let's let's double down on on the uh, enemy here. Um, one, that is absolutely his reputation in the league. Like he and Mahomes have famously got into it. They're obviously have a very good relationship and continued to work together, but they have gotten into it over on the sideline or in practice. And and that is pretty well known that because he holds guys to such a high standard and he can be a, a brash and harsh communicator at times that it, it can rub players the wrong way. Um, you know, so having the right staff and that's where someone like a Rivera or an Andy Reid to be able to smooth things over is important. Um, you know, if you're Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey and you're confident and comfortable with, with who you are as a player, um, that can work. Mm-hmm. Um, you need, you need p- players who are confident and have strong personalities to be able to withstand that. I don't say withstand, but like take that it kind of coaching. Kind of, it is kind of, it, well, is, that, it yeah. becomes either either withstand or take, right? Right. Yeah. Um, that kind of coaching. And if they take it, then it's really positive. If they're just withstanding it, then you better be winning. Cause otherwise when you don't, there's going right. to be resentment. It's going to blow up. Um, or it can just break and melt players. But you know, you do have, you know, you talk about, Peterson and, and MJD like Brian Robinson was went to Alabama like that dude's used to hard coaching right um, mm-hmm. so could he really thrive under someone like the so that's 
that's part one in terms of his reputation and the standard part sounds great. Um, but you do have to wonder what his reputation is as a communicator. Mm-hmm. And if that's why he struggled in some of these head coaching interviews, um, where, you know, maybe the reputation is, yeah, this will work if you have a head coach over it who can mitigate some of that communication, but also mm-hmm. would not work himself as a head coach. So that's, that's, that's something to consider yeah. with that part of it. But the question I, I so I've got two questions really about Bienemy. One, how much of what is happening in Kansas City is him versus Andy, which I only care about because if he's going to come here, like is, yeah. is you just getting some a guy who's worked under Andy Reid and then you don't get Andy Reid and then it doesn't work, um, or is can he really truly bring that here? Um, you know whether he's been doing it in, in KC or not. Frankly, it's not really about the credit there. It's about his ability to take those same details and some of the things that Andy has been doing since he was in Philly in the early 2000s and Green Bay in the 90s. Like the they've been great on the, in the screen game, for instance, the entire time. So are you going to get that Andy Reid quality with someone else? And then the other thing is, why would Beanie come here? Like yeah. if it's an OC move, like. I guess because Reed does some of, if not all of the play calling there, Mm -hmm. it's not quite a lateral move. And I know his contract is up as well. So Mm -hmm. it is, it is a situation where he is a coaching free agent at the end of the season. And I think Andy's probably been preparing for him to leave for a long time because he would assume that he would have gotten a head coaching job by now. But like, what is it about this or any other job? Like if you're going to be an OC, why wouldn't you just stay in Kansas city? That's that's what I don't understand about this enemy situation. Like, I guess if you're him, it makes sense. Or if Andy's like, "Hey, man, if you ever want to become a head coach, it's pretty clear you got to go somewhere else and like do this outside of my ring." Um, and maybe that's the appealing thing. It's it's better career advancement for enemy But I really don't understand what it is that would be appealing about leaving Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and and competing for a Super Bowl every year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I agree. I think that it's it seems like a lateral move, but I do think at some point all coaches want to kind of get out of the shadow of their mentor. And let's let's break this down into, into multiple parts because you have multiple multiple questions. So, is there value to him coming here, having been in the Andy Reid system for ten years? Absolutely. And no, I, no and what, what what I mean by that is because you see how he how Andy teaches stuff, right? There's not it's it's not it's not random that Mike Kafka. The OC in New York coaches the offense the way they do. It's because he's been he's seen Andy Reid do it. It's it's kind of like watching how Kyle did stuff and then how Sean adopted a lot of what Kyle did, not from a concept standpoint, but from a communication standpoint and from a point of emphasis standpoint. And that is valuable to have guys who see how Kyle or Sean grinds the tape, how they communicate, how they interact with players. That is valuable because those guys are successful. Now, you don't want no them doubt. to mirror them one for one, but you want them to bring their own flavor to it, and that's why they that's what's going to make them a good coordinator. But I think that is really valuable. Like being in different systems, being with greatness, so to speak, and understanding how to kind of – like Andy Reid, I mean, everyone's, I talk about Kyle a lot, but I have never been more impressed with a coach than Andy Reid or maybe the kid, the guy in Philadelphia – and why is that? It's because they had a system, this kind of high-flying Philadelphia, Donovan McNabb, fast receiver system. He goes to Kansas City, and Alex Smith is the quarterback, and they become a run-first team, like running 60% of the time and and majoring in that, majoring in different personnel, majoring in – and for you as a coach to identify that, 
and make those changes is truly remarkable. And that's essentially what uh, Sirianni did in Philadelphia. He was a spread them out, you know, get the ball over the field type guy. And then was like, no, we're going to be a run first kind of insulate the quarterback type of offense for a while. And then they grew into this kind of modern iteration, you know, the team that's going to the Super Bowl. So I, I think they're to, to have someone who's been around Andy Reid for 10 years, you know, talk about stuff rubbing off on you. Like you're going to know how he teaches the screen game. You're going to know how he teaches concepts. You're going to know how he preps. That's another thing that's really, really valuable. So I was with um, Frank Smith in Chicago and he was under Sean Payton in, um, in new Orleans for a long time for like Mm -hmm. seven years. And one of the things that he would always bring to our meetings is how Sean would break down the film and like, Oh, we got to look at third down in this way. We got to look at the red zone in this way. And that was extremely advantageous for me because it showed the level of detail that, um, that new Orleans was approaching the game with. And I think that that, that is, that is very, very valuable just to have. And now, you know, how much of it, you know, like, I think you see like, uh, Bill Belichick's tree, right. And how they come out and they're not doing that well as head coaches or offensive coordinators or whatever it may be. I think a big part of that is because they try too much to be like Bill. Like you need to kind of take that information, internalize it, and then execute it as you feel is appropriate. But I do think to me that he that's that's very, very valuable to, to kind of have that, um, you, you know, that exposure, I think. And, I, I you know, I would be I think it would be awesome to have a guy like that here. Now, would it work? Yeah. Who knows? Because, like, to your second point, like, that offense is sick. Like, they've got five dudes who are balling on the offensive line. They've got excellent skill position player depth. They've got the best quarterback in football. Like, I was watching the first uh, Cincinnati game right before I got on here, and the offense is is good. They're, they're super efficient running the football because they've got excellent offensive linemen and excellent backs, and the scheme's excellent. So all those things kind of can, – can you have a good running game without one of those things? probably but it's going to be much harder and then you get Patrick Mahomes who's just balling so is the scheme is the scheme is Andy Reid's scheme as they're running it in Kansas City now transcendent enough to elevate the playmakers that they have here in Washington and I think that is a really big question or would it require a certain amount of innovation from a guy like Biennemi to kind of more acutely fit what they've got going on here now and that to me is the major question in him leaving Kansas city. He has everything, every possible thing you could want. And here, unfortunately it's not the same thing. It would be interesting if he's the hire to go back. um, And I guess we'll probably do this. If he is the hire, go back to when they had um, Tyreek there, because that's probably a closer version of what this offense will attempt to look like in Washington with Howell and then the speed guys on the outside, right? They're they're now so Travis Kelsey heavy, um, and it got even worse yesterday against Cincinnati because all their dudes got hurt on the outside, and they were down to literally three healthy receivers. They got they got Jody Fortson out there playing slot receiver because they have to. Um, right. But they used to have you know Tyreek and then Miko Hardman, and there was another super fast guy whose name I'm forgetting. But right. they had they had the same like thing that Washington has, where they got multiple four three guys out there. Obviously, Tyreek is a is a four two, maybe a four one guy. Um, he's literally the fastest player in the sport. But Terry, you know, can do a lot of that stuff. Jahan can do a lot of that stuff, and and that would be really interesting to see how they leverage that speed and could the enemy bring that here. Um, all in all, it's, it's going to be interesting because he also, you know, we say all that he is a running backs coach um, yeah. by trade. And obviously he's been an OC for a long time. 
Um, I don't know how much play calling he does um, right. versus how much Andy does. It seems like both of them are, are talking pretty frequently when they do like the cutaways on the sideline. Um, we can certainly get someone from KC on who would know um, and get more yeah. more um, insight into that if, if he's the higher or he becomes the favorite later in the week. But um, there's so much good there. Um, there's so much intrigue there in terms of that 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 like level of detail set to excellent. That's that's something this team right. needs. Right. Um, that's something this team desperately needs. And um, you know, even if it would be for a year and everyone gets blown out and then someone else comes in, that feels like it would be a good thing for like a Terry McLaurin to really understand and get. Um, not that Terry's like a lazy player, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. you know, these, these guys are, are still relatively young. Terry's had so much turnover, um, you know, with, with offensive coaches in his career, like, could you get a B enemy in here even for a year and have that be uh, something that, that takes his career to an even higher level when he's already one of the, you know, 10 best receivers in football, a young guy like Jahan learning that, I think mm -hmm. that could be really good, um, for all of them. And, and, you know, Curtis too, um, to see what he could do with him considering what they used to do with Tyreek and, and as a running back and, and all those things.